Welcome to episode 19 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of We're Alive. I'm Mick. And I'm Redbeard. And we're here to talk about chapter 41, part 1. I believe it's called Eye of the Storm. Yes. And the individual episode is titled The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Oof. So Eye of the Storm... I immediately, the first thing I thought actually was like, oh no, we're in the middle of a storm. And then I thought, oh no, it's, I had the storm is kind of the calm part. Yes. The middle, middle of the storm. So I, do you think, I've been uh, in a hurricane before a couple times, I think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. really clears up. And <laughs> <laughs> sun comes out and everything. I've only been in the tropical depression that it turns into after it hits landfall. Yeah. Well, a couple other notes. We released our conversation with Tony Ray last Monday. If you guys missed it, uh, check it out. And be sure to support him over on the Fat Man Diaries page on Facebook. As far as other updates to the MickRed network, we have changed the website so that you can now comment using Facebook and Google Plus accounts. No need to sign up on McRed for another account you'll lose track of. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we also spoke to Jenna McCombie last week, and uh, we're looking forward to releasing that here in the next few weeks. And today is actually her birthday, so happy birthday, Jenna. Happy birthday, Jenna. We got We got some nifty new cover art. We did. We have new cover art. What do you think about that new cover art there, Mick? I think it looks like... At first I was thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. Behemoth is on the cover art. And then I kind of clicked on it and looked in a little bit more. And I began to think of the waterworks. A thing where Michael had his arm broken and we might have that little Randy thing that happened. I was thinking we might get a flashback this this chapter, but it's not setting up for that so far in the first part. Does it have to? No, I don't think so, but... Casey will probably jump right into a flashback <laughs> next <laughs> next episode. Yeah, well, I thought this whole chapter was going to be like... Or this, at least this whole episode was going to be about Bert and Riley. I was way off on that one, too. Well. Luckily, he didn't leave us dying with our neck bitten off and a whole wondering what's going to happen if not this next episode the next one I think will probably tie into the cover art maybe <laughs> that's gone completely backwards before so what was your first take of the the artwork what did you think it was Did you? I mean were you seriously thinking Behemoth the first time you saw it yeah the very first time I saw it I, I knew Behemoth I, I thought it was a, a weird uh, not what I pictured a behemoth look, to look like at all. Does it look like a yeti? <laughs> no, I picture <laughs> yetis to look like real tall and skinny. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, like the Christmas classic, you know, the bumble. That's what it reminded me of. No? No, not okay. at all. Uh, I, I still see him as kind of tall and skinny, not wide. <laughs> A really ripped Yeti. <laughs> a shaved Yeti. <laughs> Super ripped. Hitting uh, the freaking LA Fitness or whatever. 
<laughs> Make sure to wear the sunscreen so it can stay nice and pale. <laughs> yes. Wait. So it's you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not spotted enough. He's not spotted enough? No. We've got another iTunes review. This one by Ivy Joe. It says, great job, and then it's five stars. Ivy Joe says, I love the addition of this podcast to the We Are Life family. I enjoy the self-deprecating sense of humor, and I just wish you guys had been doing this show during seasons one through three, too. Thanks, Ivy Joe, and uh, yeah, I really wish we'd started early, earlier as well. We kind of tossed it around during the off-season. We really should have put something out there during the off-season. I kind of wish we had done that. Yeah, me too. But it, it would have felt weird to have a <laughs> a whole catalog of off-season shows prior to the season four coming out. That's all good. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate your, your feedback on iTunes and various other outlets. Thanks for the kind words. Definitely. It helps us keep going and doing this every week. But also, if you're you know giving us iTunes reviews, be sure to go out there and review We're Alive. We want to try to push that thing up as, as high as we can onto the different TV and I think, what is it, TV and film? I'm not sure where it's at, but whatever board it's on, we want to just make sure it stays at the top all the time. It's either TV and film or arts and entertainment or something like that. I forget. Maybe it's liter- literature. Yeah, I think it actually it is literature. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, we want to keep that thing at the top. Make sure that you know it's in the what's hot and all that, so more and more people see it. Because the more people see it, I mean, better chance this thing has of being picked up on TV. Scene by scene coverage. We get another cold open. Ugh. So it, it, this scene opens up with a storm, and as it just fades into rainfall, we can hear Datu, and he's still alive. He's calling for help over the radio, and we find out that Glenn and Jay are dead, and Jay is turned. This is a pretty crazy scene. Datu's basically asking for death, and uh, when Jay doesn't attack him, Dotsu kills him with the Modigun. <laughs> yeah, the first really good uh, sound clip of the Modigun. Oh, it was excellent. It was. It sounded like just like a pistol with some air compression stuff afterwards. Like oh, like uh, the, air uh, decompression. I don't know what exactly how to what to call it. Kind of like the trigger mechanism and compressed air or something like that. No, well, to me, it sounded like a pistol, and then at the after that. Sounded really cool, and then they hear the, thunk, you know, the, of the of the zombie falling down. Mm-hmm. It was really cool, and yep. <laughs> Datu delivers one of the best lines in here. Said, "You won't do it. Fine, then you." <laughs> <laughs> and the music starts. Yeah, so we had the radio cutting out when he was trying to contact and get ask for help. And I kind of thought, you know, we're already missing Glenn. Yep. <laughs> he, he's, he's been dead for seconds. And <laughs> already needing him. Mm-hmm. This is looking pretty bleak. It is. Were you able to tell if that was Michael and Puck over the radio? 
I was not able to tell when they said we're on our way. Right. I couldn't tell who it was. At that point, I didn't know that it was Michael and Puck. The The very first person that answered, I didn't think it was uh, Michael. I thought it was just a like r- random dispatcher at the colony. No, they, yeah, that's Max. That was Max. Right, that's the radio right. That's colony. right. But then it seemed like Michael and Puck picked up later. Yeah, it did. It said, the it, there was another voice that said, we're on our way. But it didn't sound like anybody that... But it didn't sound like Michael, it didn't sound like Puck, it didn't sound like Robbins yeah. or Maldoon. I mean I think I picked I think I picked it up that it would was Michael and Puck. Just they both said something at, at different times. Yeah. But it was heavily processed and I did not catch it on the first listen. I didn't either. And Jay turning, that was kind of scary. We haven't had the suspenseful zombie turn and then, you know, rising from the dead type thing in this show in quite a while. It was it was welcome. I'd, I'd like to have it a few more times before this show's done. Sadly, Jay will not be getting vehicles stuck in flower beds ever again. No, no. And why did Jay-Z just walk off like that? Because the infection is already started. Hmm. At first I thought he was dragging him again. I was like, oh no, he's going to... Dragged out to all the way back to wherever their headquarters is now. But no. Thank goodness. We didn't have to go through that same story again. Rescue <laughs> Datu. Nope. I was wondering if that was going to happen. We talked about it a little bit about that last time. Right. I don't know if it made it into the show or not, but we're wondering if he's going to end up in the arena situation again. <laughs> so then Michael and crew show up to assist Datu. He's still responsive. We find out that the little one is dead. I didn't get that out of the last episode. Yeah, we did. We kind of thought it was just one attacking, as well. Yeah, I thought. I thought he walked off. I thought the little one got away. Exactly. Must have been the regular. I don't know. Guess so. So they killed the little one. It's number nine or six. We weren't a hundred percent sure there. We are. It is. It is nine. Because uh, on the wiki, Casey's confirmed that Six was dead a while back. It's really? Yes. Huh, that sounds vaguely familiar. i got to go back and look at my notes. Puck says it to, just the way he said it to the audience was, you know, nine or six, doesn't matter, it's dead. Well, of course it matters to the audience, but he's just kind of joking with us. <laughs> nice. So that was Puck that, was looking that zombie over. Uh, the soldiers are impressed with the Mata gun, and uh, they're kind of giving some banter back and forth, making light of the situation because Datu's down. But as soon as the bite is uh, uncovered on Datu, the soldiers are done with the joking, want to put Datu down. What do you think about that? Mm. I'm guessing they've been. I thought on it edge. was par for the course. I mean, I thought it was something that that was going to happen just because you know that. I don't know. It seemed like something something that would happen, and I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I thought they knew enough about some of the symptoms that once Michael had stated it, they would have been done with it. I thought it was a little overplayed. That's my harsh critique. Yeah. Okay. Because because his eyes are still clear, and he's still responsive. I mean, there's no signs of turning yet. 
I mean, even they had pointed that out when they first went over and looked at them. So I was just a little confused by that. Right. I could. I, I see what you're saying, and it. But it didn't. It did increase the drama a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, I could see it putting them on edge, but this whole just immediate, you know, wanting to put it someone down. But you know, I understand at the same time. It just seemed a little. I don't know. I I, I think part of it's because I'm holding out the best for Datu. Yeah. So hey, he. So Jay. They they remarked on Jay's body. It's, you know, Puck said he had a big old hole in him too. So this thing has got, I mean, we know it's going to go through a behemoth skin, but apparently it's got a lot of force behind this little ball bearing because it's blasting holes through people. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's probably going a little hole in the front, big gigantic hole in the back. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yes. And we find out that Datsu is bit by a regular zombie. So there were two zombies like you were starting to talk about a while ago. Which I did not get out of the last episode either. Did you? No, I I thought it was one, and we were both kind of sure it was a little one since we thought that he talked. And you could kind of hear the same sounds between, similar sounds between that zombie and the zombie that spoke in the season four opener. Hmm. But I did not catch that it was two zombies. Unless he, as he was walking away, he died from the, you know, small arms fire or the a couple shots from the Mata gun. I don't know. I was trying to figure that one out. Just, it sounded like he talked and walked away, not talked and fell down right. and died. Just walked off into the distance and was gone. Hmm. Kind of took you off track a second ago. I'm I'm sorry. I just, I wanted to cover that real quick. But yes, so the Mata gun messed that, that zombie up. Oh, I was, I was done. Okay. That was all, Britta. The soldiers are frustrated, and all I could think about was, this is exactly what Tanya is worried about. She's worried about her and Saul getting treated this way. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I began to wonder if the soldiers acting like this is a build-up for what's to come. It's definitely a taste for what we can expect to see with them. But will they will they react the same way, because they're they're closer to Tanya than some of the others? I would think so, especially being since we're being set up and kind of fed this now, to kind of expect what how they're going to react to a close per a close one being uh, found to be infected. Let's see, so the military guys they return to the truck because they're just kind of tired of this mess and they're just going to leave Michael up to do you know what Michael's going to do and Puck is <laughs> basically he's just tired of Michael's crap and this is just another thing to him of Michael being reckless and you know Michael can be reckless by himself and again why is he giving Victor such a hard time did he give Victor a hard time not not this episode but he's not letting it go about whatever Victor did when they were out and about Doing a mission, right? I'm I, I'm beginning to wonder though if the flashback's going to be something more recent, and that's gonna it's going to cover the Victor story. Michael says that Datu may may not turn, but Datu replies with, "I can feel it." I didn't know what to take out of that. It the, definitely set the mood. When I listened to it, what I felt like he was saying 
was lining up with what Tanya had said in previous chapters about uh, the change going on inside first before there being an external change or before the full turn happens. Uh-huh. That's the only thing I could think would be like, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. but No, that's, that's good. That's good insight. Datu starts asking about, do you think I have time? And we find out he wants to bury the bodies of Glenn and Jay. This right here just further confirms that Datu is the man. He he knows that he has very little time left. And the one thing, I'm surprised he hasn't said anything about wanting to see Hope. We have heard no mention of Hope. I don't know if they've had a falling out or what, but I figured he'd want to see her before (laughs) he dies. Nope, oh, bury some bodies. There's no way we get out of this without him mentioning Hope. I, he's probably going to see Hope before it's done, should he, uh, should this take him down. Hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't see them not doing that. And actually, whenever Datu is asking Michael you know, to take him out at one point, I thought that he was actually going to say, you know, Michael, take care of Hope, when he's saying, take care of me. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, take care of me? What? He's like, oh, Kill me. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so Michael is telling the, his soldiers, don't shoot him. I have something else in mind. And when he first said that, I was like, what? What is he going to do? You know? Is he going to keep Datu as a zombie? Vulcan death grip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, then he's saying that he's going to use what they used on Amy, which is that stuff that basically put euthanized Amy. Right. We go back. We go to the next scene where we're digging graves. Okay. So Datu digs some graves for uh, Glenn and Jay. It's kind of a touching moment of dying man digging some other graves, and then he says some words to himself. And I had to look it up to be sure that Tagalog, I guess, is the Philippines language. Then he made a crossover his chest. I think this is the first mention of anything religious in the entire series that I can remember, which I thought was always odd with this show, that there was never anybody that was, you know, religious normally. There's Especially in apocalyptic fiction, there's somebody that's going to have some kind of religious take, whether it be crazy people or just people saying there's got to be hope or a reason or something like that. That's true. I, I didn't even thought about it, but yeah, this is the first mention of it. So uh, I guess Datu's Catholic. Right. So it sounded like a, the ending to a Catholic prayer at the end, but yeah. I, I have no idea. That was what it sounded like. but Yeah, and if anybody else, I mean, that's just an interesting thing to me, if there was something else, anything else that I, we've missed in the first three seasons. I just kind of thought that maybe Casey wanted to tell a story and keep that out of it. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, I thought it was interesting they marked... Glenn's grave with a wrench and Jay's with his driver's license. <laughs> yep, driving. No more driving in the flower beds. <laughs> uh, all I could think about was he marked he marked them with what they are good at, except for Jay, because he was a terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have any radio antennas for Glenn. Nope, nope, just a wrench. An A, ten I. And then poor Datu says he has one more to dig. His own. He says he's ready to die. And then he, Michael tells him the Tani's on our way. But no, I do think it's important to mention that Datu says that he's ready to die. It's kind of sad. Uh, kind of 
this whole, uh, even our whole like talking about it tonight is just somber. <laughs> we're just, we're just sad. Don't take Datu. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So Puck comes over the radio and he's letting us know that they're calling nonstop. They want to know if he's okay. He doesn't know if they're just being stubborn or if it's a bad signal. But CJ's on her way. And <laughs> <laughs> good old Robbins with a funny says, Whoa, she's leaving the colony. Need to get my tie on. I think that may have been Maldoon. <laughs> oh, was it? I think it may have been. I thought it was Robbins at first because it seemed like more of a, a Robbins joke. But I think it was Maldoon. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. hilarious. Either way, it, it was really funny. <laughs> oh, See, and Michael is sounded furious. I didn't catch this the first time. That Michael was kind of you. You just tell me when she gets here. There's no reason he should have been out here like this. I totally missed that. Oh, you did. I, I didn't miss it later. Whenever CJ got there, but I I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it on one end or the other, because I I thought for sure Michael was going to get blamed for all this. Right. Well, so Tanya, Victor, and Kelly, when they get there, they reminded us that uh, <laughs> that Tanya had her hair cut. Michael mentioned it, and I couldn't help but think about your joke about you know Victor and Tanya, all disheveled. <laughs> But there was no time to play about that. This is a, a sad time. Oh, and it was further saddened when Kelly expressed her, her sadness. Yeah. It's kind she of she was out for him. choked up. Mm-hmm. But Tanya kind of just mentions here that he doesn't look like he's even in pain. He's upright. He's not laying down. He's active. He's responsive and active. I mean, just... His eyes are still clear. Right. Holy crap. What's going on here? So I, I started thinking at this point, is he is he going to be immune? It'd be so cool if he is. Right. And I was hoping your theory about him being immune for whatever reason and maybe being location-based. I was pulling for that theory hard. But so Michael snatches CJ up when she arrives, and it sounded like he kind of just grabbed her by the nap at the neck drug her out of her crutches and over to look at Datu and the mess in the truck, which used to be Glenn. And uh, I was thinking, holy crap, what is he doing? Oh, I mean, I understand he, he's pissed, but one, that's a lady. Two, she's got one leg. What are you doing? Three, <laughs> she's the leader and could maybe order, you know, you something else. Oof, I was just going, man, Michael, this is not good. I'm 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 less on Michael's side at this point. But there, there are limits and he is just so unpredictable now. Yeah, well he he's not having any of that. He don't care. <laughs> he said <laughs> So he snatched her up. Basically, I get it. He said it was a you know, a terrible call to let him come out here like this. Just Jay Z now and uh, Glenn. <laughs> Jay Z. Huh. Uh, I golly. <laughs> Ninety nine problems. <laughs> yeah. Ball bearing happens to be one though. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> What's the matter? 
Oh, and I get his anger, and I can get him wanting to point out the problem, but he shouldn't have been dragging her. No, I can't quite agree with that method either. But she kept her cool. She did. Which was surprising for her character and surprising for any character in that position. <laughs> Especially no kids. Oh, man, oh, man. So, you know, Michael basically, basically says, this is on you. I'm like, well, well, you know, you kind of share responsibility with this. You, 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 they would have had assistance if you had been at least talking to CJ. And I get that the research needs to happen, but there's a balance in between. And Michael just seems like he's more and more going off the deep end. Right. Now, CJ, um, she doesn't really bring that on him. Nope. Here. Doesn't, doesn't say anything and about she it. She could have. She could, she could have laid it on him that, you know, where's the gun track, Michael? But she didn't do that. It already happened. And she's not going to, I guess she's probably not going to let it happen again. So while we're here in this little confrontation with CJ and Michael, you know, you've been talking about this. We're heading this direction. There's going to be a falling out or a, a fight or something between them two. And I, at first, I thought he was punching her or something. I didn't know what he was doing. Oh no! But, uh, so we have this little flare-up, and she does, she keeps her cool. Do you think this is the end of this conflict, and they're going to work together and be a team, or we're just, or are we building up to something worse, or? What do you think? No, I think, I think unless CJ really wants to push for this, it it's squashed. It's done. They they got to start communicating. Period. The end. Yeah. And you know she mentions are I don't know if it, I think it's maybe uh, Pegs at this point. It says something about Datu wanted to do this and knew the risk, and then CJ confirms it. You know she says it basically the same thing too. Yeah. You know, and they're saying that Michael doesn't know the status of the colony. And, and then CJ starts, you know, recounting these personal details that she knows about every individual. But here's my problem. I was all about wanting to protect her, but as she starts counting off these details, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but it sounds as if she pulled them out of a file, the way she talks about them. Ooh. And I was just kind of going, this feels kind of cold. I don't, I don't know if this is intentional, if that's just her character. Like, but do you really care, CJ? I mean, I know you about, I care about the colony being up and running, but do you really care about each individual? Hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like everything else she's done in the past. That's, that's very interesting. I didn't, I didn't hear that in her portrayal of it. It seemed like uh, that basically she's been home with these people, working with these people, and Michael's been out doing who knows what as far as she's concerned. And But she's been with these people, and she knows them. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you heard a little bit of Constance reading the script. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence about that, but I, I've I've gotten that feeling a couple times before. Without even her reading from it, just an, an, a reaccount of details and that kind of thing. It just seemed like that was the case before, too. Yeah, a statement of facts instead of like yeah. a heartfelt thing. Right. That's the, that's the way it felt to me. Hmm. But, 
basically they say the colony's screwed without Datu. There's, I mean, this is it. And so, at this point, we go into Peg's journal, an account of the status of the colony. Right. Yeah, she she just kind of detailed that Datu was the one who chose to come out here. And my argument with that was, her argument, Peg's argument doesn't stand up because the leader is in charge of those decisions. And just because, you know, my kid wants to go play out in a lightning storm, well, they're not going to go do it. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a I, terrible illustration, but... I completely agree. It's up to CJ, not Datu. And of I course, mean, last week I'm thinking, yeah, Datu, go out there, you got the Madigan, you got Jay and Glenn, let's go get the water pump going. But then when things break down, you kind of realize, oh, that might not have, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. There's no way that Jay is their best trained security guy. <laughs> there had to have been at least one other J-level guy. You know, that way all bases are covered. I, I just, I don't know. I had a hard time with that one before, and I have a hard time with it now. Especially when she says it like that. Because <laughs> she's supposed to be this really intelligent, has a plan for everything person. Yeah, so. Batman wouldn't have done that one. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Hindsight says that she wouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. This this seems like kind of like, I think the guy's name was Coulson in the Avengers. When he, have you seen the Avengers? Mm-hmm. You know, the guy, the agent, the agent that dies, and then it kind of like unites all the Avengers. To fight. Yes. I was thinking this seems this seems a little bit like that. You know, if Datu dies and everybody comes together and Michael and CJ are gonna be a team now or something. I'm hoping I mean I, I I'm hope I'm hoping for that too, but I'm hoping that he doesn't die. And that this does the uniting of the two groups with their weird little disconnect at the moment mm-hmm. and gives Everybody more a more comfortable feeling about Tanya and and Saul. Yeah, and after we finish this next scene, I've we've kind of talked about it a little bit already. I've got a few different uh, things to say about Datu dying or not dying or whatever. Kind of just stacked them up. Okay, but uh, CJ does point out that if Datu is going to be gone soon, we need to help him finish the pump. Mm-hmm. That's right. So- Tanya says she might be able to determine how long Datu has left using the blood tests. I'm hoping we'll figure out if that test is accurate. You know, they okay, this is something funny too. I I, I got to kind of scatterbrain notes here for a second, but um you know, they're sitting over there talking about the blood tests and they're talking about the status of the colony and all this other stuff. And someone mentions that Datu might not even be willing to work in his current condition. Mm-hmm. And Datu overhears this. Well, I'm thinking he probably heard the entire conversation. It says yes without even being asked. Right. And it says that he doesn't want to waste the time he has left and doesn't want to hurt anyone. No, and <laughs> before Tanya takes off to go pick up the machine, she goes ahead and grabs another blood sample and puts in that uh, pick line in the Datu's veins just in case Michael needs to put that syringe in there. Help it out a little bit. Right, and this is around the same time that Dodgy's being restrained, just in case he turns. Right, putting on the 
feet cuffs, I guess. Yeah, that's what it sounded like, and they're going to leave his hands free so he can work. Right. At the end of this little scene here is when Michael and Pegs hug it out. That's right. Although, we've got a pretty good picture of what's in store for her if they end up getting together. <laughs> You're going to drag her through the kitchen. Why didn't you do the dishes? Look at this. This is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't argue about Pegs tonight. It's not what Datu would have wanted. No, but I'm worried about Michael. <laughs> like, what were you thinking, dude? Oh, man. <laughs> he's got to... He's just frustrated. He's got to find his buddy, Randy. I still haven't mentioned him again. I'm wa- I'm waiting for that. I know. It's got to be soon. <sighs> the other Redbeard. Yes. Because <laughs> he's got blood in it. The next scene is Michael's journal entry. They're still on site with Dot 2, starting to get late and cold. And uh, most have left already. And Tanya's still gone to get the uh, blood testing equipment. Michael's crew is helping Datu and taking notes so that other people could work on the pump in the future, the whole windmill device. We find out that the pump is burned out, possibly due to the incorrect voltages. And so far we know that the motors burn out and possibly they need a new transformer. Just thought I'd notate that for any future episodes. Okay. So it looks like Robbins might be. He's taking the notes. He's following Dodd asking questions. Maybe Robbins is going to be the new handyman. Well, it's not. Seems like a big jump. But if, say say Dodd gets sick or say Dodd dies or whatever, at least they're setting him up that way. They don't have anybody else. (laughs) They don't. It's not looking good. Uh, let's see, Tanya returns, and uh, they've run one test with the first blood sample, and they run another as soon as they get back to see what the difference is between the two, to see how the amount of change between the two tests. They mentioned that it's happening, There's this, the change is happening really slow, and then he's barely over stage one. Now, this is where Tanya and Saul are as well, right? Yes, Tanya and Sal are. I do believe they're still on stage one. But they're are they in the middle of stage one? I'm not sure that she gave us a, a range for sure of like when stage two begins. I was trying I to figure out. Look. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out because she seems so certain that this is it. He's going to die. She says there's no way around it, Michael. Datu is going to die. Yep, that's the way it ends. I'm hoping that whenever they get back to this, because yes, I believe this is a ne- the new cliffhanger, but it it will stabilize at a certain point, and he'll stop the 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 turning process will actually stop. I hope. I hope so too. Now she she it sounds like so they pack up. They're going to come back the next day, and some you know maybe that's next episode or whenever they get back to Datu. Um, I, I think she said that he has at least a day or two. Did you catch that? Yes. Due to the time that it's taking to go through the turning process, she said it's so slow that he's got at least a day or two. Right. Okay, I was good. I was making sure that I caught that, that she was saying that about Datu's time left. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously I... you, you think that it's it's possible he might live. 
I do. And I, I'm wondering why she's so sure. Unless, unless that well, she's, measurement's it, higher than hers and Saul's. I think that's what it is. It's because he's out of stage one, is what she said. He's he's just out of stage one. And maybe they're still in stage one after all this time and Datu just got bit a couple hours before. I think I think if I remember correctly, they were kind of like mid or near the succession of point uh, of stage one, but he is definitely further than they are. Right, and after just a couple hours. I'm holding out for there's still more time. I think he's. I, I think he may level off and be okay. Okay, well, if I I think that he's going to make it. I hope he's going to make it. I mean, he might die, but and a little bit of stuff in this episode that I kind of gathered up. Like you said earlier, Michael mentions his eyes aren't cloudy yet. He's still responsive. Tanya mentions he's upright, doesn't look like he's in pain, lateral, very active. And they also, they keep saying, just in case, like something happens, you can do this. And just in case, you can do that. It's not like when this happens, because he's going to turn into a zombie. It's like, just in case it happens. Till the very end. When Tanya says, no way. Well, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with our expectations, though. And aren't slow turners normally from scratches or very shallow bites? No, I don't think they've... I think they have been, but I think it's been established that it doesn't matter. So you, you could have a really deep bite on your neck and you could be a slow turner. Right, I think Amy had a pretty good chunk out of no it was just a scratch on her there was someone else too that had a pretty good chunk out of him before they realized then my last bit of optimistic hope is if he does turn i hope and predict possibly a good zombie (laughs) like we're hoping randy is i think that's about as likely as the musical (laughs) (laughs) well Let's see, whatever they are in life, and he's such a good dude, maybe he'd be a good zombie, I don't know, in death. Uh, yeah, I guess there's always hope. Except this episode. Nope, she's not a, nowhere to be or her. Nowhere to be seen. Adopted. Oh, no. Daddy uncle is dying. What'd you say? <laughs> she, she's nowhere to be seen, and I said, oh, nowhere oh, to be seen. No. What did this chapter bring us? I said, Jay-Z... Tanya using her blood testing method in the field, I should put. Mike pulling around CJ. (laughs) Anything else new from this chapter? I don't know. But I was asking myself, who let you out, pigs? Who let you out? (laughs) Let's see. When will we see Bert and Riley and Scratch? Yeah. When's that conflict coming? I see. We uh, we still have that in the uh, 40 and earlier. Oh. No, I don't either. We did not have any new characters introduced, right? No new characters that I caught. Let's see. Favorite lines of the show. This was kind of a tough one. Yeah, it was a toss-up between Datu's line to uh, Jay-Z and <laughs> Maldudes get my... I need to get my tie on. Yeah, I definitely didn't like Tanya's last line about Datu's going to die. That's my least favorite line. It was a good line, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with 
uh, putting the tie on for CJ coming out. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Let's see, how do you rate this one? I'm giving it a five. A five? I am giving it a five. Oh, nice. That was my first reaction too. Was this is, it's good. And... We gotta have more jokes. It's all messed it. It messed us up. Yeah. If it affected me to that level, so I think it deserves it. Yeah, it did, and it also had a little bit of scariness, like I like at the beginning, with the zombie awakening. So I'm, I'm going to give it a five too. Datu deserves our best. Yes, he does. <laughs> Were there any sound effects or music or, you know, something with the production that stood out to you? Well, the the opening was great, and how the the violin played after Datu, you know, was just covered in grief. And also getting a nice clear sound of the Mata gun was great. That was that was awesome. And to hear the zombie drop was just <laughs> a just a slight delay later was just great. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't awesome. That was <laughs> incredible. That was. <laughs> I heard you say that once too. And I was like, Oh look, no, he didn't say awesome. So, do we have any news this week? Yeah, a little bit of news. We're live was featured on BuzzFeed, they were a part of a, a story they wrote called The Unlikely Rebirth of a Once-Dead Art Form. And it was a, and how a bunch of these radio... It was about how a bunch of these radio dramas are coming back into podcast form. And it was talking about Night Vale, or Welcome to Night Vale, and some other shows, and We're Alive was mentioned in there, and I guess they'd gotten a couple quotes from Casey as well. But it was a really good read. Like you guys to go you know, take a look at it and just help enjoy this this last chapter of We're Alive and <laughs> how it's gonna be out there in the media. What brings us to our question of the week? What's our question of the week? Well, <laughs> as I was putting it in here, it didn't look like a question at all. <laughs> Pick any character and tell us what their theme song would be and why. I've got to go to my feedback section, my feedback email here. What did our wonderful listeners have to say? Well, uh, I think his pronounces his name Chris. It's a very fancy spelling. But Nancy Sinatra's boots made for walking for CJ. Perfect. <laughs> Deanna Austria says Emerald Levine's here's to never growing up for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chris... after this episode, that's pretty true. Yeah, that's fitting. Chris Westerman said, uh, I think I said it before, but for Ink, a.k.a. Man of the Pinstripe Suit, it would be Justin Timberlake's suit and tie. For Bert, it would be Charlie Daniels' band, Still in Saigon. Those would be my two choices. Those are, those are great. Those are good. Then Alyssa Uranga says, Zombie by the Cranberries for Ink. <laughs> The Havington Wilson says there's a, there's a song called Mr. Pinstripe Suit, and that would be the song for Ink. Sage's Bring Me Home for Angel's Last Scene. Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory for Burt. Anything Beastie Boys for Puck. Phil Collins in the Air Tonight for Riley's Hunt for Scratch. Nice. Mr. Roboto for Cody. <laughs> I thought it was great that they give the the bomb robot 
a freaking <laughs> song too. Heck yeah. Chris also wanted uh, a different Chris combatant said uh, for ink, he'd pick space Lord by monster magnet. Josh Austria says for ink, he'd like to use monster by skillet scratch is I stand alone by Godsmack theme song for we're alive down with the sickness by disturbed <laughs> Riley coming undone by corn pegs let her cry by <laughs> the <blowfish. laughs> CJ falls on me by fuel and Victor count on me by default Hootie and the blowfish <laughs> yeah it's amazing Deanna Austria comes back with more Radioactive for Ground Zero. Lincoln Park, leave out all the rest. I guess that's for uh, Angel. And she notes that it makes her want to cry. Aww. (laughs) Aqua's Barbie Girl for Pegs. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is. That's pretty funny. Once in the middle of the night, I I like these little tangents, but um, once in the middle of the night, I turned on the radio... And they were doing a contest, and like the seventeenth person to call in would get a uh, a prize of some sort, but they didn't say what it was. So me being eager and not given, I was a teenager. <laughs> um, said okay, I'm gonna be calling in. So I called in, and I was not the first per. I was like the first person, then the seventh person, then the twelfth person, and then I won the contest. Awesome. It was that CD from Aqua. <laughs> Do you still have it? I never went to pick it up. Oh, it's probably still <laughs> there. <laughs> yes, it's there waiting for me. <laughs> Terrible. That's great. Okay, I thought about a few different answers since everybody wanted to pick. You know, they could, they had so much fun picking more than one person. I went ahead, kind of had fun with it too. I guess for pegs, I would have to go. Uh, when a Man Loves a Woman by Brian Adams. <laughs> Since she seems to know uh, how she wants Michael to love her. Uh, got CCR, Fortunate Son for Bert. Those are good. I couldn't decide between uh, Muse's Undisclosed Desires or <laughs> Crave You by Adventure Club for CJ. Thinking about how she feels about Saul. But uh, I think she really wishes it was Secret Lovers. Very interesting. I heard that song at Kroger earlier today. Secret Lovers? Yes. <laughs> There's a song. You heard that song, right? Yeah. You were playing it at the grocery store. I was like, what in the world? That's hilarious. It's kind of like walking around looking at people while they're getting produce. It's our song. <laughs> Winking at people. Hey, we got a new another one too that kind of came up by haphazard for you calling J Jay Z. What's that? His song would be Ninety Nine Problems. Problems. <laughs> oh man, water pumps not one anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or flower bed. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, fits in the tantrums out of my league for Saul and Lizzie. And my last one is Shepherd of Fire by Avenge Sevenfold for Ink. Cool. I got a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. I came up with these off the cuff while I was making notes this evening. Well, you can you want to think of one? 
If not, we'll just. I, I think Deanna nailed it for Pegs. I think that was a great song for her. <laughs> I could see her dancing around the garden and oblivious to the rest of the world. Oh man, people don't dance to that song, do they? It's. I remember I, I was. We were the, do, the do same you? age. Whenever I heard that song, I was thinking, oh no, I'm already getting too old for the kids' music. (laughs) (laughs) Did you dance? Huh? Did you dance to it? Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was never on anywhere that I would have danced. If the safety dance was going to be a song for someone, who would it it be for? The safety dance? What's that? Dance if you want (laughs) to. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Really sure. <laughs> and Skittles. There you go. Yes. That would be his song. Exactly. <laughs> he can dance if he wants to all alone. <laughs> In the water tower. <laughs> yep. If you get on dance, you ain't no friend. <laughs> listener Melon tweets. Yeah, listener Melon tweets. Facebook posts. Chris Eads, he says, okay, so there's eight chapters left. To be fair, still quite a lot of unanswered questions to be resolved. How would everyone feel if these last eight chapters completely focused on Michael, Tanya, CJ, Pegs, basically the colony in Dunbar, and we don't go back to Bert, Riley, and Scratch for the rest of We Are Alive? What? Casey has already said that after the series is over, he is still contemplating uh, doing something with the We Are Alive universe and how everyone... And how would everyone feel if this new project was completely revolved around Burt, Riley, and Scratch? I think it would be an amazing turn of events, mainly because there's still so much info to cram into these final eight chapters. Thoughts? Not going to happen that way. <laughs> the The next project that Casey's working on is not We're Alive related at all. That's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting take. Because we've gone so long without hearing about him. But I, I don't know. I think he's going to resolve it too. But I mean, shoot. It, uh, put, put it this way. It, 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 not every story is going to get resolved to every, you know, to the, down to the smallest detail. But it will be resolved. Minus anything that people think is left out of, like, the family questions. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I think that's going to be focused. Or I mean, I think that's going to be cleared up before it's over with. I don't think he'll leave that hanging, right? And I kind of oh, I mentioned already that it looked like the album art was going to be a flashback back to whenever Michael was in the waterworks with the behemoth. <laughs> and Matt Sawyer on Facebook said, "If you're correct about this, I shall give my soul to you." I told him, "Hey, man." Said, I don't want to, you know, I don't want that, but this lend us your ears. He said, They're ours, even from England. So, <laughs> cheers, Matt. See, Alyssa writes, uh, I didn't know Behemoths looked like the Goodyear guy meets Pillsbury Doughboy. Michelin <laughs> <laughs> Man. Is it? That... <laughs> yeah, the Michelin Man. I hope we finally find out the truth about Michael and Randy. It seems that Datu's water mill fix might not work, and they may need to return to the waterworks. Or it's a flashback. Yeah, you posted it up, and I said, man, we won't know anything for weeks. (laughs) So, uh, 
You know, they were talking about the little ones seeming really pale. I don't know if it was the same one they saw twice. One second, sorry. I don't know if it was the same one they saw twice. Or if maybe they're turning white all of a sudden, because this... That was like an albino behemoth. It's like the piece of dog poop in the yard after a while. <laughs> yeah, it's just flexing at you like, I dare you to come pick me up. <laughs> no, like a dog turd. It turns white in the yard. Right, I know. And it's oh, okay, flexing okay. at you. It's <laughs> flexing. Behemoth muscles. Oh, that's gross. Alisa <laughs> uh, told us, OMG, so sad, especially... When we first find R2 Datu. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Deanna had a take for today's episode. She says, Well, just when I thought my tears were spent this week, I keep thinking that somehow Datu has to be okay. I mean, there has to be some reason Jay did not go after him, right? Tanya could be wrong. I loved Michael for his compassion towards Datu. But he is still being very compulsive and acting on emotion. I am starting to be very worried about Michael. And I hate thinking Datu, Saul, and Tanya are all going to die slash turn. And why didn't Jay go after Datu? Oh, the humanity. Well, Deanna, I'm not sure where you're spending your other tears this week. I don't know what I'm going to say to that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I hope they're tears of joy, whatever it is. And if not, we're here for you. Yeah, we're here for you. Adam on Twitter says, Oh man, Datu is always putting others before himself. And says, So many questions. Who will continue the Modigun legacy? How will Datu fix become a repair garage? <laughs> what is going to happen? <laughs> Tune back, same zombie time, two weeks later. Or four. Depending mm -hmm. on how long the flashback lasts. Oh man. How long is the cliffhanger going to remain out there? How long before we get our answers from the sample of air that Tanya got at the ground zero? Who is Eric Cartman's father? The <laughs> <Denver> Broncos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Well, that's been our kind of sad... Datu's sick and maybe dying show. Maybe check oh, back next Monday, huh? There's one more. Yeah? Mark Davis on Twitter says, No! no! Not Datu! <laughs> and okay, you, 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 you retweeted this earlier with the We're Live Fancast Twitter account, and I thought it was good enough to Go ahead and throw it out here too. Yeah. Bradley Frazier at PikePaw5H on Twitter wrote to We're Alive and Wayland Prod. I love the world you have given us and we're alive and I am very thankful. But right now, I want to punch you very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that, was his, that was his response to this episode to Casey. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. He was picked up by local police for threatening. <laughs> <laughs> so, best of luck. Hopefully you can get podcasts in jail. Just uh kind of go over some uh, latest updates on McRed. For anybody that's interested, 
in the microwave death ray that we talked about a few episodes <laughs> ago. That is in the planning stages, and you can go check that out at uh, In the Mind of Mr. Redbeard that you can find on mcred.com. Yeah, the sooner you have that built and we can test it, the sooner y'all might not have a Wear Life fan cast. <laughs> Depending on how the tests go, huh? Well, um, I think at, at the worst case scenario is that we won't be able to have children again, which I'm done anyways. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Would would I feel my insides changing? My insides changing also if that thing hit me like that. Uh, yeah, I think you might walk a little funny afterwards because <laughs> your brains would be scrambled. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hopefully we can talk to you again after a couple weeks. Hopefully with some more energy. With That's a better, right. Uplifting episode. Happy, happy action. Just good stuff. <laughs> or, you know, some revenge with Scratch. Something. Oh, man. Till then, I'm Mr. Redbeard. And this has been Mick. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. All I can think about is Aquaman now. Well, so many great superheroes. I mean, if he was the worst one, I guess that would be okay. Cool. You ready for that? Oh, I said it again. <laughs> well, you can't go for awkward silence and laugh. Let me say, that's cool, daddy. Then you know it's probably the 70s or, or late 60s. Or just really weird. When will the bumble become relevant? Awesome, 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 awesome. <laughs> just killed somebody with alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Here, I'm not hip to this new fandangled music. <laughs> uh, Chris also came back and said, Oh, what? I've <laughs> copied this in there twice. Okay, let me start over. Take number three. <laughs>